Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. No way. Everybody knows you never go full retard. You ain't full retard, man. I'm your huckleberry. How many assholes we got on this ship, anyhow? Yo! I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Hit the lights. It's boner time. Napoleon's sister was a fucking freak. Hey, where are the white women at? Excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> What is your major malfunction, numbnuts? You have smoked yourself retarded. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? And welcome to another Monday Night Master Debaters. I am honored to have three brand new guests tonight to join Ryan and I. Uh, I want to welcome Josh from Illusionary Tales of Reality. How's it going, bud? Well, it's good. Thank you for the invite. It's a little bit different uh, from what I normally do with some of my monologues and having guests on. It's definitely, I think I'm going to have very a lot of fun tonight, uh, learn stuff that probably I don't even know, but uh, very interested to be here and be getting my uh, voice heard from different levels as well. Uh, what, what kind of give the people a little bit about your podcast? Yeah. So for me, I started mine at, back in September of last year. It was something um, my girlfriend at the time kept pushing me for months to do that. I just kept putting off, uh, off and off uh, for a pretty long time until um I uh, honestly, I, I think I've only told one person this, and that was her, where I went and saw a psychic and asked her just about, I was just going through some really crazy shit out of my life at that time. Um, and she sort of, the psychic told me to sort of take that next step forward. And so I decided to just go with it. Um, basically, it was just sort of for me to get some of the thoughts, some of the feelings that I've had out throughout the years from various conspiracy theories just from that to the stuff that's going on in the world uh that we're seeing uh to obviously the stuff with covid uh that's happened and sort of what's being planned and what's progressing uh with that and so it's sort of my with mine it's just sort of opening up people and to get them back to a way of critically thinking um just because that's sort of when I got into this, um, the person who sort of really took me over the edge, edge didn't really call it conspiracy theorists. He called it more of a skeptic. And that's sort of where I view myself is sort of just questioning everything that's out there. Um, and that's sort of what my podcast is all about, is just introducing people to various ideas, various topics that typically don't get presented um, out there mainstream um, and just sort of making people think about things in a different light or a different view. And hopefully it's reaching somebody uh, out there. Well, you are amongst 
the same minded people right here, because I, you know, your story right there is almost identical to mine. Ryan kept kicking me in the ass for a good, what, about six months before I finally caved in and did mine. And I started in September too, Josh. So, uh, and, and basically for the same reasons. Right. And I think that's basically why all of us get into this It's just, there's nobody we can talk to in our daily life that really understands this or gives a shit. So we're like, all right, somebody's got to hear this. I need a, I need a uh, vent somewhere. So that's awesome, man. Well, thanks for joining us. No problem. Thank you. Juan, how's bricks in the wall going, my man? Pretty good, brother. Kind of similar story to our brother Josh here. Um, I've been, I don't know if you, I'm sure y'all heard Tim, Tim, uh, Sam Tripoli said that he knew he wanted to be a comedian before he knew what a comedian was. Likewise, like me, I always wanted to do a podcast, but I didn't know what a podcast was. As a kid in lunchtime, I would always get my best friends around and I would try to get the conversation to talk about aliens or ghosts or just anything paranormal or alternative. And eventually I stumbled into the conspiracy world, found out how the world isn't exactly what what we thought it seemed. So I wanted to talk about this to other people, similar to like, yo, I didn't have anyone to talk to. So I got the idea from uh, Timothy Leary. He said, find the others, go find the other people like you who don't uh, just follow the narrative and they question everything. And so I started my Instagram first, truth.inmedia, posting just memes about the truth. And then I figured out once you post too much truth, you get shadow banned. So I started my podcast, which is called Bricks in the Wall. I borrowed that uh, metaphor from um, the guys in Pink Floyd after Pink Floyd got really big after, um, what was it, um, Dark Side of the Moon, the concerts were getting really rowdy and Roger Waters hated it. He was like, I want him to sit down and clap like golf. Like he was like fucking weird. So he came up with this metaphor of the wall. He wanted to separate himself from the, from the public. So he made this imaginary wall. And I use that theory as every brick in the wall is a conspiracy that has been stacked up to keep you from the truth. So my podcast, I want to, help people see all the bricks and start tearing them down so they could get a, a good look at what's behind and what's behind that is the truth and the path toward your self-actualization. So that's what I'm all about. Just breaking down any kind of conspiracy, anything that is a type of lie that keeps you from the truth. We need more of that, my friends. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. And man. the better half from the Wicked Planet podcast. Buckley, how's it going, man? Oh, it's going good. <laughs> Thanks you for are, having me on. They let you, Ron let you out on the solo he, mission? He let me out of the cage to cause yes. some havoc. Does he <laughs> hit you? Does he hit you? Sometimes, but I also have a pretty bad bite, so it's not worth his time to bite to hit me. Um, no, but Thanks for having me on. I don't do a lot of these podcasts. Uh, mostly I just stick to the Wicked Planet, but I'm trying to get out there a little more. Uh, so I've been hopping on talk at the tavern i did uh, what is it called the, the retard report i think it is with um with joe and jen joe and jen um so yeah you know i'm trying to branch out there a little bit uh but the wicked planet just um i mean i i just like doing it to have some fun talk about stuff learn different things hopefully meet new people like i'm doing now uh <laughs> definitely learn shit um my approach is more of like i believe nothing <laughs> so i i find it i i i tend to find that it allows you to kind of take on everything if you don't have a real critical um set mind p- 
piece of how you believe or view certain things. Um, so if you kind of believe nothing, then anything's fair game if you want it to be. But, uh, you know, I, you guys know Ron, or I think most of you do. <laughs> Ryan knows everyone. Everyone absolutely should know Ron. Anyway, yeah, it's it's a lot of fucking fun doing the show with him. Um, and I don't know. We're just going to keep just keep getting after it, I guess. Oh, yeah. And I love what you guys do, too, because you guys do a mix of like really deep dives. And then you have shows like last week where it's just off the cuff, Sam Squatch talk, you know, all that cool yeah. shit, too. So, yeah, it's well, the best of both worlds. Yeah, we try to keep it. You know, we try to go deep and get into darker stuff, but we also try to do more light uh, material or just, you know, fun stuff or just like random shit that no one would ever, I don't know, not that no one would ever think of it, but just like, just completely random stuff versus like always just sticking to like the conspiracy side of stuff and the, you know, the cabal and pedophiles and satanic rituals, although we do like to talk about that shit a lot but we try to throw in other stuff as well hey don't forget about me when you guys start doing this uh local boots on the ground shit because i i am joining you wherever you go whether it's the bridgewater stuff whether it's salem let me know i'm in oh you're at you're at a mass aren't you yeah i'm over in western mass so i'm i think i'm like Uh, okay hour and a half a little over an hour and a half from you guys is that like around the berkshires or am i thinking of the wrong direction I think so. I'm new up here. I'm we're in some valley. Okay. I'm in I'm in the valley in the <laughs> western part of the state. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I think we want to go down to like Salem and Bridgewater and possibly up to Portland because there's a, a cryptid museum up there, which I just found out about. But would be cool to do. That'd be awesome, man. Yeah, it'd be cool. <laughs> so Ryan, welcome back. How's it going, man? Yeah, man. Dude, same old stuff, man. Uh, what the fuck are you wearing there, buddy? Dude, this is the first hot off the press Great Deception podcast. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, it's I got nice. a couple. I, like that. I, like I got that some uh, some tees, some hoodies, uh, a couple different designs. Oh, I got this one. I like where I'm kind of making fun of the old world where it says, uh, you can't see it. So yeah, welcome to the jungle. And it's like a picture of an old man just painting amongst ruins. So well, shit, I think it's important dude. Cause I didn't know that you were doing that. I knew that you were thinking about doing it. Where can people go find those? Uh, Teespring. I got a store over in Teespring. Great deception podcast. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes. I got a link uh, on oh, my yeah. in- Instagram page and all that. So I kept the prices down because, dude, they wanna they want you to charge like thirty bucks for a t shirt. I'm like, get the hell out of here, man! No, yeah, way. they really want to yeah. bend you over for uh, a little. You so know I took I mean? it down, so I'm making like a couple bucks a shirt. At, you know, make it afford. I'd rather have more of them out there than make money off them because I'm just having fun with it anyway. Yeah, but yeah and, the and they're quality, dude. They're like yours. They're nice lightweight t shirts. You know, the sweatshirt isn't like too big and bulky. So, uh, nice. so far, so good. We'll see how they hold up. Yeah. I like that one that you're wearing a lot. That's like, a, that's a solid shirt, but, um, yeah, dude, as far as me, man, I'm just doing the same old stuff. And then, you know, Buckley, I'm real happy that you're on here doing this, man, because, uh, you know, it is, it is kind of a cool thing. Ron's, you know, been, uh, getting his dick wet and all kinds of other shows and, and talking. <laughs> and I think that it's important that, you know, his, uh, his, uh, better half, as Matt said, is, is out there doing the same dude. So, 
you know, you give some uh, really good feedback on, or not feedback, but you give some some good input on the shit that you're talking about there. So yeah, this will be I, this will be a cool one. I usually try to do like, uh, well, I don't try to. I just kind of, like I said previously, people that are like married to their their beliefs or their opinions, I tend to like to push back against just yeah. because it's like a way to kind of feel them out as well as like, well, have you ever thought of this maybe? Or well, yeah, to try and find out if they're in, in like a cult, right? I mean, like there's a lot of cult-like <laughs> belief, you know, right. whether it's Donald Trump or whether it's conspiracies even. Dude, I was I that mean, way. You know, go back to like 2018, 2019. I was in that mainstream. Like I was set in my ways. Like I knew what was going on. And then all of a sudden shit hit the fan and you realize real quick, you know, nothing. Dude, isn't that funny? That's That's... the thing. It's like, oh, sorry. No, go for it. I was going to say like, that's the thing nowadays, whether you're mainstream, don't give a shit into conspiracy theories. It's like, well, what the hell do you actually believe? Do you know what I mean? With all the different information, everything on the internet, all these different uh, individualized styles of media that's coming out now, podcasts, uh, all these different like TikTok, YouTube media news channels. It's like, well, what do you believe? Can you really be that, uh, you know, into one idea and take it as complete truth? I don't think so. But that's me. It's called the screen for a reason. Right. right. <laughs> it's to block or obstruct. So there's a reason why we, you know, and that's why we, we notice things now. They can't hide it as well because everybody is looking at it all the time. And yeah, uh, it's on your phone. Yeah. And even if it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's the news, right? It's people like us that just get together and shoot the shit. And that's why I think this whole, you know, Department of Disinformation, it ties in a lot with the shit that we're going to start seeing over the next six to eight months, which is a lot like what happened over the weekend. You know, you had this Buffalo shooting, right, which is very suspicious from the start. You know, the guy had a manifesto. He just so happened to be 18 years old and it was a 180 page manifesto. Well, 18 is six by six by six, you know, that whole thing. And it was right before a blood moon. You know, the timing is very interesting, you know, if you're into the occult side of things. But the amount of coverage it's getting is astronomical. And immediately you saw the governor of New York come out and say, you know, this is big tech's fault. They didn't censor him enough looking for censorship. And then on the other side of it, it just so happens now they're pushing for harder gun control and, and all this shit. But meanwhile, did he use an AR by chance? He used a rifle. Yeah. Okay. Like a, um, a arm, light rifle or like, yeah, it was, I, you know, I, I don't want to say it was an AR 50. It may have been very well an AR 15, you know, it would have fed the, fed the narrative perfectly. I, I just, and it looked like it was a rifle, you know, it looked like along the lines of a, of an AR. Um, Wait, Buckley, are you going to tell me that uh, AR doesn't stand for assault rifle? <laughs> Funny that you ask Ryan. No, it does not. <laughs> wow. Well, what, what drives did, me Did you nuts? not know that? No, yeah. I, I absolutely. Oh, I've got one in my room right here. Like I'm looking no, at I'm one right now. <laughs> I could, I could tell your, uh, us New Englanders, we know sarcasm real you're well. Fu- so. You're fully automatic AR. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh yeah, it can shoot a thousand rounds a second. Yeah. 
Uh, well, it, it's but it's hilarious because last week um, I heard after the uh, Celtics Bucks playoff basketball game, there were three separate incidents in Milwaukee right around the arena where 21 people were shot. Didn't hear much about that in the news. And it just so happens all the people that were arrested were black. Then you had uh, yesterday or over the weekend, there was a church shooting in California that uh, killed one and, you know, five or six others were wounded. And the shooter just so happened to be Asian. So you're not hearing about that one. And then uh, yesterday there was uh, a shooting in Houston by uh, it was Hispanics got in a gunfight. Didn't hear about that one. So it's it's amazing how they pick stories to fit narratives. And these stories just so happen to check multiple boxes, have all sorts of weird coincidences. Like on the gunman's gun was the number 14. And if you're into any of the occult shit or, you know, any of the conspiracy stuff, you remember the infamous picture of John Podesta with his hands up you know, with the 14 on one hand and the, the Pisces fish symbol on the other. Um, the New Zealand shooter also had the 14 on his gun. Um, it's just all these things. And and I mean, this pushes, uh, obviously the, the main box was he went there to kill black people. Um, I mean, it's just too perfect of a, a scenario to be happenstance or coincidence. I don't know. What, what does the 14 think. mean to you, Matt? What does that mean to you? The, the 14, 14 it, it's, it, it's, I was looking at it last night when I was, uh, I was watching legit bat. We were talking about it. It has to do with uh, life and death um, in, in the occult world. Uh, it, it's, th- there's a bunch of symbolism with it. Uh, I'm, I don't have it offhand. I, I popped it up there last night when I was looking at it. Um, but yeah, it mainly has to do with, you know, life and death and, it has a cult symbolism to it. And uh, there's also something about the 14 um, pieces of Osiris, right? He was chopped up into 14 pieces and they were only able to retrieve 13 of them with the 14th piece being his unit that they could never recover. His dick. Can I share my screen? Yeah, that's that's yeah. You should be able to, if not, let me know. Okay. But yeah, that's why we have uh, obelisks everywhere. Buckley. Those are they can't, they can't. Where's this? Does anyone know where his cock might be? It's the, the obelisks. That's his. That's his hang dang. Do you see this right here? Yeah. I don't know if you guys know who this is. Trippy Red. He's a, a pretty big musician with like the younger kids and stuff. But he's got all kinds of devil symbolism, and he's got fourteen tattooed on his forehead. And this is an older picture. He has an upside down cross tattooed over his left eye um i mean it, it, there is some some serious symbolism with 14 oh definitely i mean i don't know i don't know juan or uh josh if you guys get into the, the numbers at all or any of the occult symbolism no i don't know see my question to you is do you think all of this is planned or ha- like do you think the guy went out and got a gun with the 14 on it or it happens by some type of i mean occult or spiritual thing well, it, I mean, it, it depends how deep you want to go with it. I mean, if this kid was part of some MK Ultra program or you find out that he was on SRAs and was seeing a certain psychologist who happens to have ties to people, which we've seen in other instances of these mass shooters, um, 
or, or school shooters, you know, whatever it may be. I don't know. Anybody. I always wonder when you really look into it, there's like a lot, the numerology is really deep and you're like, how did this happen? Did they really plan it out that deep? But I I don't know. I don't know. I, for, for me, like, I want to say it was ever since like Sandy hook. I, I know for a lot of people that may be like a very touchy subject, um, but, but after seeing like some of the stuff that they were showing with that, cause I believe like even with Sandy hook, um, they apparently were running like, uh, uh drills gunner, or gunman. Yeah. Gunman drills. I cannot talk. I cannot think right now that they, they were running drills right around the same time. Um, you had, um, I remember seeing a video where one of the parents, like they caught him like off camera, before going on live, like sitting joking about a bunch of stuff. And then as soon as the cameras go live, he's instantly bawling his eyes out. Um, I know that people dug deep into some of like the, the families that had Facebooks at that time. And like mysteriously, like a lot of them just randomly popped up like instantly, like a few days prior and then came down afterwards. Um, and, and for me, like I, I look at that. I look at what happened with Virginia Tech, which a lot of people, I, I think, over overlook nowadays since that happened so long ago. But even with that, I remember hearing stories of like people sitting there saying like the the person who did the Virginia Tech shooting um, was very the I want to say the word that they that they used was sort of emotionless, um, where he didn't show any emotion. He seemed very on point. Where, where he seemed like he was very focused. Um, but the bigger, the bigger thing with that, uh, when you dive a little bit deeper with the, with Virginia tech is that it's very close to, uh, to Langley with, with the CIA base and they get a lot of their funding from the CIA, especially delving into um, essentially brainwashing MK ultra style stuff. Um, and, and it just, for me, it almost seems like every time that the, these very over politicized, very media hungry shootings that happen. It it definitely seems like there's always a bigger picture or a bigger play to it. And we can even go back to, I think it was the most recent one was down in Florida in the, with the school shooting that was there where it sort of got very pushed under the rug where one of the teachers like quoted, like saying that she saw three other people there all wearing like full out tactical gear. Like the person who they said was doing the shooting wasn't the person. Um, but it, but this well, go it back, definitely go back to last week, sad. Josh, or, or not last week, last month when you had that New York subway shooting. Yeah. Right. I mean, originally they were looking for a, a five, nine suspect. The guy they arrested was a giant, like six foot six uh, guy. And then what they said was, you know, he did this whole operation. He went back to his his apartment or whatever, and he turned on the news and saw that he was wanted and was like, wait, that's me. What What's this for? You know, almost like he didn't even know what happened and he snapped out of it and all of a sudden and then he went and turned himself in. Yeah, like, it, yeah, it, it's very interesting. And then that's been my big thing is is like when I got when I first got big into this was right around like the Sandy Hook shooting a few years afterwards. But 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 it's still one of those things where, like I said, it's anytime I think there's a big story that's happening on in the media, and I'm pretty sure everybody here would agree, it's always 
look in this hand um, and don't look in the other. And it's always trying to figure out so sort of what they're sort of hiding from us. And obviously it, every time that these happen, like you mentioned, it's always the, the anti-gun rhetoric comes right out. The only person that we're missing here so far is David Hogg sitting here yeah. coming up and telling us that, hey, yeah, I was riding my bike. Well, and what's about crazy about this whole thing is, is that there were more, there were more people shot in Chicago this weekend than were in Buffalo. And you don't hear a peep about it. And it's the same every weekend in that town. Iraq. Yeah. And it's crazy because you look at it and, and New York was doing real well. Uh, you know, from a, a safety standpoint, they've, you know, and they have the probably the strictest gun laws in America, uh, in, in New York City. And all of a sudden, go woke and all this look at that place now. It is mayhem. It is just shootings after shootings after rapings after beatings in the subway systems. And all the police are focused on is getting rid of the homeless. So it's and, and if you do commit a crime, more than likely, you're just going to be released. They're not going to they're not going to follow through on anything or press any serious charges on you, uh, you know, as we've seen in multiple instances. So that's the case in every state, it seems, man. I mean, like, you know, Arizona is a, a, a pretty darn conservative state. You know, I live in Tucson, which is a, a really liberal city um, in a red state. It's a blue city in a red state. And man, the amount of cops. like the cop presence has dropped significantly since January of this year. And I've noticed it. And then like, you know, I I talked about it in a previous episode where, you know, stealing is basically a hundred percent legal, even here in Arizona, which is you don't steal a certain amount, right? As long as it's under a certain threshold, you're good. I think it's about a thousand dollars, but I mean, they, they didn't even clarify that because I talked with a grocery store manager and they saw someone stealing right in front of their eyes and they, you know, were watching her do it and they just tried to get a bunch of eyes on her. And she looked like she knew that it's like 100 percent OK to steal now. You know what yeah, I mean? Ryan, I saw it the so, other day. I was in the grocery store and the woman just had had two things under her arms and just walked right out the door like she didn't. So even- my question about that, Matt, is that how does that how does that make you feel? as a quote unquote, honest shopper or a patron of a store, why shouldn't you do that same damn thing? You know because what I mean? Cause you're going to feel the effect. Everyone does it, Ryan. There's no store for you to shop at anymore. And that's the problem that these people don't understand is that you, you let these people get away with it and eventually it goes away. And, and that's what they want because what do they want? They want these big Amazon super Walmart target type places where it's all in one. And they can control yeah. everything. They can see everything and track everything that you buy. And, you know, it's all part of this next level of the plan to get to that new one world order. Well, what's crazy to me is that, you know, if if we get rid of Walmart, you know, I'm not a fan of Walmart. You know, I, I really don't like shopping there. If I can help it, I'm not going to go there. I'm going somewhere. And yeah, you know, it's not the greatest, but Sprouts. Or Whole Foods even, which is owned by Amazon. But, you know, stuff that has, like, better food that you can go and buy yourself, right? Um, if these big stores go away, you know, Whole Foods included, how are these people that are, like, you know, they got their specific diets, they're gluten-free, they're, uh, you know, soy latte drinking cucks, how are they going to fare 
when these mainstream pro- these mainstream stores are out of business when you can't get stuff that you know is a niche product you're not these people are not going to fare well dude yeah i don't know i mean and you're kind of seeing it a little bit right now with the the whole baby formula thing right i mean that's a weird one in the sense that there was like this shortage and then there's this major recall and you think about it and you're like well it shouldn't be that major of an issue because you know worst case scenario the mother can breastfeed and i know there are issues there i mean my son we tried and could not get the kid he wanted no part of it so it's not always an option but i don't know i mean did you try and breastfeed yourself matt uh yes i did he bit the shit out of my nipple man it hurt like hell i I still feel it to this day i got teeth marks there damn it well, and, you know, it's crazy that there's no uh, women or, you know, it's all women, I should say, that are, you know, having the problems with this stuff. There's no men that are like having the problems trying to supply breast milk. It's really weird. Well, yeah, that and I wonder, it's interesting how there's an issue with the breast milk possibly being tainted. There's been rumors of that now because of vaccine procedure. Yeah. So and and guess who comes to our, our rescue? And just so happened to invest in baby formula and things like that. Biomilk, baby. Elon Musk. Bill Gates and his breast milk. His memory, man milk. I can't wait. Imagine getting breastfed by Bill Gates. Yeah. That company of his is called Biomilk. Biomilk with a Q. Yeah, with a Q. Yeah, man. Um, I don't know. There's a... this guy seems to have his fingers in everything. That's uh, that's a, an issue today. And, you know, they're taking, you know, Abbott labs is a big provider of breast milk and they're taking, um, you know, again, I work in grocery stores. I go around to different grocery stores and, and service them. And uh, there was a, a particular grocery store chain that straight up said that there was a recall on the most popular uh, baby formula brand but it was a yellow recall. You know, a red recall means that it's very dangerous. You have to get these damn things off the shelf right away. Yellow recall. And and by the way, with a red recall, there's always a reason. Um, you know, they'll tell you, they'll tell the store manager what is wrong with that red. Yeah, recall it's like glass formula. is in it or plastic got in it somehow. During or arsenic production. or whatever. You know, it's just it's it's hazardous. There's a clear reason why this has to be removed. Yellow recall. It can it's like an arbitrary reason to pull it off the shelf. It may be tainted. Now, there was two yellow recalls in the last month for the biggest baby formulas that are out there. And what are they doing with that formula that is recalled for an unknown reason? They're putting it on grocery pallets and they're dropping it at the border of Mexico. And what they're doing with that is these, you know, they're acting like they're trying to be virtuous and they're trying to give it to these people that are, you know, the dreamers, right? The people that are trying to come over here. And, and, you know, whether it's legal or illegal, most of the people that are coming are illegal at this point, uh, cause who the fuck wants to live in the United States? Am I right? I mean, it's fucked, it's fucked up right now, but you know, they're, they're, the cartels are going to get these things. The cartels are going to get the same way that like illegal immigrants come to the United States. It's done through the cartels. And that's a fact. I mean, it's, I, I talked with the sheriff of Pima County, my home County. It's the biggest border County. And there is not one person that gets over here illegally without having to deal with the cartels. It's a fact. 
You know what I mean? So they're doing the same shit with the formula. These and who cartels, runs the cartels? Uh, well, I mean, it's it's up for debate. I mean, a lot of people think that it's the Mexican government, but I mean, they they are in cahoots. There is that Pastor Sam that I've spoken with, and he says that right now, there, I mean, there's a potential, uh, you know, secession of like Sonora and some of the other northern regions or northern states of Mexico where they're going to form their own country and potentially Texas could form up with these northern uh, regions of Mexico, which is really interesting to me uh, because they're real, real pro gold and silver and they're anti-crypto and they're actually kind of backing Russia. The northern states of Mexico are backing Russia, according to a pastor that's living there right now. So, I mean, dude, it's hard to really get the straight news on any of this stuff. Dude, fuck crypto. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm in crypto a little bit, but I, I mean, there there. I think it's. Gold. I don't think it's a good route to go down, but that's just my opinion. I'm with well, you, do you have, Yeah, what? I mean, I'm curious. He said he's with you, but I'm just curious as to like, you know, why? Other than the fact that it's a skeptical new thing, and I I totally understand your skepticism, both you guys. But like, why are you just totally anti crypto? I'm not anti, I guess I'm not a hundred percent anti cause I don't really know what's what about anything, but um, yeah, I just don't like this idea that, well, it's like money that's almost being advertised all the time. Yeah. So I, think, I think that first and foremost is a little sketchy. Cause when like, does the dollar bill ever really being advertised? Do you know what I mean? It's like, Oh, it's like when there's a revolution going on and it has merchandise or like the, the snake venom guy, uh, you know, the whole COVID thing. Um, I'll tell you when when the dollars to snake venom, it's like, but then at the end he has the remedy to whatever. Uh, it's, so it's that kind of mentality that kind of bothers me about it, as well as like this whole push, um, and it's like, oh, it's this revolutionary blockchain technology, and it's like it can't be well, hacked, right? It can, right, well, it can't be hacked, but also it's like you're you're decentralizing from the American dollar, but you're sent you're basically centralizing into a new system. And what we know about blockchain technology, it can't be hacked, it can't be hacked, whatever, whatever. It's all al- algorithms, uh, function, formulations, whatever you want to call it, um, that could very easily be manipulated by somebody, a tech nerd or somebody who's really good at coding. I mean, it was created by people. So who's to say it can't be infiltrated by somebody? And, you know, the fact that you're taking this um, this object, right, that's money the dollar bill whatever and then you're trading it in for something that's electronic and i do get that like you know most a lot of people use debit cards or whatever today so it's sort of already there but you're trading your money in for this electronic thing and then it's like well what happens if that huge power grid shutdown happens or you know they just want to cut everything off completely um, so it's like you're centralizing, you're decentralizing, but centralizing to a whole new system, um, which I don't think is much better. So I'm just that's why I'm kind of skeptical about it, I guess. Well, let me ask you this real quick. Have you have you ever yeah. seen a, a commercial for a bank or a credit card? Never. Or a pharmaceutical company <laughs> or an investment? Not in America, like Ryan. Schwab. You're never going to see any of those. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. the thing, man. This is how they advertise the dollar right? Yep. A gasoline company. This is how that the dollars is advertised now. So the dollars just ad, uh, evolved into different advertisement because every product, right. including the dollar is, is it, 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 there's some marketing involved with it, man. 
Um, I'm with you to be clear. I do think that, you know, crypto there, it's very, I'm skeptical about it, but, um, that there is something I think about, uh, you know, the way that the dollars advertised, um, it's backed by the gun, contrary to popular belief. It's not backed by petroleum on paper. It's backed by petroleum, but it's the gun that really backs that it's the American military. Depends how deep you want to go. The Vatican, maybe, man. But I mean, like, I think like the, I think the Vatican's more tied in with Switzerland than it is with the United States. You know what I mean? The Swiss guard guards the Pope. You know what I mean? It's not it's the, the Americans really don't have much to do with it. Um, you know, I talked about this on, in one of my recent episodes where I'm talking about, you know, and I'm not the first to mention this, but you have the military headquarters in Washington, D.C. You have the religious headquarters in the Vatican and you have the financial headquarters in London City, not London. But London City, you know, it, it's, all, it's already all three a, of which are are separate territories from the country that they reside in. Yeah. Yeah. They, and then they all have special privileges within that area. Yeah. They're government within themselves. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's messed up. <laughs> even D.C. Yeah, man, and most people don't realize that most people realize don't realize that D.C. is a corporation. It's. It is not what they think it is. It's not Columbia. part of the United States. Yeah. Yeah, dude. No, it's it's a it's a muddy, muddy situation. But um I, I would I would just push back on what Buckley on what you were saying there just a little bit, dude, is that you know the dollar's advertised every single day, and it's probably the most advertised product that's ever out there. And that's just my thought. You know, maybe it's a fringe idea, but uh, I mean you see advertisement for it everywhere. Yeah, one, yeah one, I mean, Josh, I guess, you guys missed the value. Of, oh, no, go ahead, Buckley. Um, I was just gonna say, I guess the value that we, you know, put on most everyday products or materials are usually, you know, equivalent to a dollar pricing. But, but I don't know. But I, I've also, I have a friend who's like super into crypto, and um, you know, it seems to kind of be fucking people on taxes. And he was like, he was like showing me, he's like, oh man, I have to do my taxes and uh, oh, I got to do every single crypto transaction. And he, then he pulls up this ledger, this like on his phone and it's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stuff, uh, each transaction that you have to log into your taxes. So I think there's, you know, I'm not exactly sure the, I guess the everything about that, but um. I've heard it's kind of fucking people in that regard. Well, they're making it difficult now, Buckley, probably because it's decentralized, right? Once they can get their hands on it, then they'll just tax you directly. I mean, they'll, they'll find a way for you just to upload that thousand page document right to the IRS and they'll be able to say, okay, you owe me 30% of that, 40% of that. Thank you. Well, I, let me ask a question here, you know, where do your tax dollars go? And do you feel good about paying to other taxes? countries? None of it goes yeah, well, not to Ukraine, apparently. <laughs> not even, dude. You're, you're, I don't know if you saw, but like, well, in reality, Ryan, it really goes to pay off the interest, which we don't, we can't even pay off at this point. Well, no, dude, that, that $40 billion that we supposedly sent to Ukraine, it went to Raytheon and it went to Lockheed Martin and it went to these like medical, not medical, but the military industrial complex companies. That's where your tax dollars go. There was a stipend that went to them. It didn't even go to Ukraine, dude. They're, out of that $40 billion, they probably got like a billion or $2 billion. 
Well, you know, yeah. Money, money in itself is just like, oh, it's kind of just fake in my opinion. I mean, obviously we attribute a value to it, but it's like, you look at how the banks operate and like when they give out loans and just like college loans and shit like that. I mean, none of the banks have, yeah, none of those banks have any of that money to like yeah. back up all the loans. Fractional reserve. Right. It's all just numbers and, and stuff on a computer screen. So it's just kind of like, I don't know, it, for grand scheme of things, I guess, when you think about like how society's set up, it's just, to me, it's super fucked because it's like, we're almost working for like a f- fake numbers or, so, or essentially to basically pay off bills of these giant corporations that are all controlled by the same people. I don't know. Yep. That's it's the just, reason my thing too is like they could just print the money they need out of just put it in a computer. Right. And they did. It wasn't like the most amount of money Thanks, ever Trump. printed in the last like couple of years or something. 80%, yeah, I think it was like, yeah, 80 or 90% got printed, I think. In the, 80% last in the last two and a half years has been printed. But my, my, my point, you know, that I was getting to here is that, you know, I, I'm not saying that we should do it and I'm not saying I do it, but what about the idea of a mass tax strike? No one pays taxes. I mean, I, you know, it's just a theory. It, it's something that may generate some sort of power. I'm not saying sounds, that it I've sounds about it. as feasible as uh storm, you know, Storm Roswell, Storm the Vatican, Storm whatever, you know. It How? sounds great. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't no, have no, no, to no. Go it sounds anywhere. great, you but you're never going to, it's never going to happen. You know, yeah, I mean, just look at COVID. Like, yeah, it's look the how, whole 80% look how many people thing. Rolled, rolled over during COVID. Do you know what I mean? It's like, so if you, if you try to implement this mass tax strike, it's probably going to be like along similar lines because no one wants to get the IRS and the feds on their back. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, I agree. Taxes well, and they're expanding the, the IRS now too under Biden. That's right. one of the things he's doing. Is so. I mean, there's again. Show me the hell. Hey, if 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 we can get enough on board, I'm in. I'm well, just not going to. I'm not going to be the only asshole out there that that gets my head cut off because I was. Well, the show first me one the law where. It. Show me the law where it says that you actually have to pay these things. I mean, you know, there is no law on paper. No. I remember. I know it may be out there, but I think it was the movie Zeitgeist uh, years ago where they uh, showed people that worked for the IRS that were talking like after they quit because they saw how they didn't say specifically, but they were talking about how once they saw how the IRS operated, they all basically quit and never file taxes once again. Granted, the movie you don't have like to. Years you really ago. don't have yeah. to. Yeah, I had a I remember I had a teacher who told me I think I think he he actually did it for a number of years uh, back in the early 2000s said he never filed his taxes I think for like 3 or 4 years and nothing ever happened um and it's because on law on paper it's it, I think in the constitution it actually makes it illegal to collect taxes the way that they do on us yeah so I mean but then it also right. goes into good, makes you wonder why the IRS back a couple of years ago decided to stock up on ammunition as well. All right. So in theory, right, taxes are supposed to like they're supposed to help pay for, I don't know, the communist side of our country, which is like, you know, uh, the highways, fire departments, government uh, establishments and employees, uh, police stations, yada, yada, yada. So if 
taxes don't exist, what's paying for that? I guess what what would be the solution to that? The same thing that's paying for right now. The same thing that's paying for right now because your tax dollars. How many potholes do you have in your road? (laughs) How's the infrastructure in your city? Not too bad. How's the police? How's the police response time? Pretty good, actually. Dude, it took them six months to pave my road, yet they can whip up forty billion dollars for Ukraine in a matter of hours. Get the fuck out of here! Come on. (laughs) No, I get it. So, what do you do? You think it's just like uh black black money basically i think that uh crime money i'm not against sales tax i think that sales tax should be bumped up to 40 percent. but there's no there's no income tax income tax property tax car tax all that no fucking property tax, dude i even think that car insurance is bullshit that's a joke you know if you're it should be optional Right? Why? Why do you have to have insurance if you want to have it? It should be like medical insurance. You should be able to choose if you want it or not. And because you don't have to have in New Hampshire. I mean, I haven't been in an accident since I was a teenager, and it's like, but I still have to crank out, you know, almost a thousand dollars a year in in car insurance. And I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. Well, and the way that it works too, where you know, if you're a 16 year old boy that's getting their first car you're you're pulled off of a group of other crazy 16 year old boys and you might be the biggest like you know you might be more responsible than your own father not saying that i was i was absolutely not for me personally but you know you might be a very very responsible 16 year old and uh you know you're getting some old car but you're paying a premium of that insurance price because on average, 16 to 17 to 18 year old boys getting the most car accidents out there. You know what well, I mean? They want to drive fast. Yeah. That's that's as comical as, uh, you know, you have to wear a seatbelt in a car, but you don't have to wear a helmet on a motorcycle or a seatbelt. You don't have to wear a seatbelt in New Hampshire. Well, no, no yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the rest of these uh, fascist states in, in the non free America. But yeah, th- I mean, think about that. And why do you have to wear a seatbelt? Because it reduces potential costs to the insurance company. It's not to save your life. It's just to, you know, save them some money. Yeah. Well, I don't even think seatbelts were even in cars up until like the 60s or 70s, even at that. Like it, like most of the original cars didn't have that in it. Yeah. Well, I mean, insurance companies, they're out to fuck you. I I have a friend who does, uh, he does like risk uh assessments and evaluations for companies that have like tragic accidents so he's always working with insurance companies that you know were that are you know apply uh giving insurance to these companies and he and my friend basically said he's like he's like dude all insurance companies are trying to do is fuck all the clients over they're just trying to get as much money from you as they as they can basically yeah, dude. I, all I'm saying right now is that, like, if I had a family member that worked for the IRS or got a job for the IRS, I would never talk to them again, dude. Mm-hmm. I think anyone that works for the IRS is a piece of shit. Anyone. I don't. I, there's zero exceptions. Anyone working for the IRS is a piece of shit. And like, you know, I'm <laughs> not saying strong words, Ryan. <laughs> well, I mean, like, it, it, are they? Are they? I mean, like, well, I mean, if like, like your what if your dad? I mean, I'm not saying they would, but what if you worked there? Would you be like, Father, you're dead to me? Yeah. 
I would. Really? And I love my father, but he wouldn't because he probably feels the same way because anyone with a fucking brain in their head would feel that same way. The IRS is a fascist fucking thing, dude. It's a vampire. There's no reason for that shit. Exactly. There's no reason for that shit. They haven't done a damn thing to help any of our lives at all. You know what well, I mean? That's most of government. What are you... <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I see a point. What have they done, Ryan? The government. I see a point to police officers. Police officers are a, are a part of the government, right? Um, so is a fire department. I see points to these things. I see that, yes, if there's an emergency, you need to have someone, you know, from the fire department or an EMT to come and help. If there's a fucking crime going down, you need some uh, police officer to come and instill the law. Uh, there's a point to this shit. There is no point to you putting. And again, I'm all for sales tax. Bump up the fucking sales tax. If you want to indulge in cigarettes or booze, I'm drinking some right now. I'm, I'm fine with fucking throwing down a little extra money for alcohol. There you go, Buckley. Oh, um, yeah. You know, that's what I'm saying, dude. Instead of charging, uh, let's say the average six pack of beer is or, or the average little like cheap bottle of vodka is 10 bucks. Bump that shit up to 20. Take that extra 10, throw it into the fucking government. Yeah, and dude, let's not it, launder it. In the dispensaries, they charge you twenty percent here. I mean, yeah, and, here too, dude. And nobody thinks twice about it. And it's like, yeah, okay, I get that. And 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 that's the way it should be. I mean, tax goods. Don't tax your income. You know, and and then there's the death tax. And you know, it's like, how do you have all of these? Then you have to get a permit for everything that you do, which is a tax under a different umbrella, right? Yeah. I mean, there's all these taxes and fees. Just think about the tolls. Well, I don't know. If what I like toll like roads. I'm all but, for toll roads, dude. I'm all. But just about think about that. how much money from like I don't know any toll they get in one day. You talking about like, toll roads? Like, yeah. uh, dude, I think that's a great idea, man. If you're fucking using the road, pay for it a little bit. It's twenty five yeah. cents. I'm just saying, like, well, ours. Well, how, how do you feel? How do you guys? It's like feel, it's just like so much money. How do you guys you know feel I mean? about being taxed on mileage then? Because that's using the road, and, and and according to one of you know the reports that Biden wants to tax us on the mileage on our cars. Uh, uh, yeah, no, that, um, that's an interesting concept, I would say. Um, I think that you know, for me, for my job, we get paid by the mile um, when we drive, really by the gallon. I would say that that should fall on the company that you're working for. Um, if you're doing recreational shit, now this is completely technocratic. If you're going to, and, and you're, you're on your day off and you're trying to gr- drive to the grocery store and, you know, just like run an errand. No, dude, like, are we going to start charging for oxygen? You know what I mean? Every breath you take is like a tenth for of water. Cent. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, dude. I think, and, and it's kind of a rhetorical question. I think that we will be charged for oxygen in the future. Um, I think that we're going to be charged for everything to open your refrigerator. Carbon, you know, to take we're definitely shit. gonna be charged for carbon. Yeah, yeah. Well, carbon tax. Weed. Is I don't know what they want to do. What's that, Juan? So, why don't they just legalize weed and cannabis and hemp? That that alone could generate millions. And the products we could make are biodegradable. Uh, hemp uh, reduces CO two. It actually pulls it out from the air. You can make medicine. You can make everything from weed. It's literally in the Bible. In the end, it says that there is a plant that has different types of fruits and it yields fruit every month. And that this plant is the healing of the nations. And I truly think it's weed. 
Yeah, we is definitely a, an interesting thing. I will say that it's been weaponized. Yeah. Marijuana has for sure. Um, you know, there is a proof now that, you know, it's been kind of commercialized that, uh, you know, there's an increased chance of you having a heart attack if you're smoking weed all the time. Right. Um, it's a fairly small chance of having a heart attack. But um, the fact when, when people say that weed isn't addictive, I have a big problem with that. I think that that weed is addictive and I used to smoke weed all the time. I don't smoke it anymore. Yeah, I, just cause I agree weed. with you on that. Well, do you yeah. think it's more addictive than alcohol or do you think, what do you think? I think it's on par. I think it's a hundred percent on par. I mean, you're not going to, you're, you're really not going to as often see someone get stoned and then go hit their wife. Right. You're not going to see that, but you do see it. It is a, it is an actual thing. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's, it's like, it's more like, uh, I feel like maybe mentally or ritualistically ritualistically versus like the, you know, alcohol, like, extreme cases of addicts well you know when they try to come off it they could die like yeah you know what i mean so it's not in that way to like i guess the 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 physical side of things but i mean for me weed i don't really fuck with it anymore i used to kind of makes me, me feel a little crazy but um me too you know, i'm perfectly <laughs> fine with yeah i'm perfectly fine with, you know i know tons of people that smoke it i know so it's really great for people and helps with like chronic pain anxiety uh you know depression and all that but for me it kind of does the opposite so you know i think it's case by case but i think it does have a lot of benefits overall i just think the benefit would be that people might be maybe less consume less alcohol and like i said the products that we can make would definitely help out the environment Sure. Well, for sure. Yeah. And if alcohol is legal, for sure, pot should be legal. But like, the, the, should. Look at like cigarettes and stuff. I mean, like, there's where you run it... into the problem, though, Buckley, is when these big corporations get involved. And all oh, uh, right. Yeah. You know, because in the beginning, the and I've been in I, when I was in Connecticut, I was in the medical program uh, for my arthritis for a couple years and you saw it in the beginning. It was it was great because it was all locally grown locally harvested, brought to the local dispensaries. And then gradually every year you would see, uh, well, now there's a different dispensary from out of state. And then there was another one from out of state. And then you start seeing these big names going, you know, across multiple dispensaries and then it becomes corporatized. And that's when, you know, they start doing the same shit they do to our food. You know, they're going to start putting chemicals on it and they're going to start making it like Ryan said, they're going to make it, you know, potent. Like some of this shit they put out there is like 35%, you know, nobody needs, I mean, if, unless you're severe pain, but you got regular people buying 35%, it turns them into a zombie. Dude, I just bought a fucking eighth of weed from a dispensary for Kim. I don't smoke. Like I said, um, I, I prefer the booze, which is just completely fucking up my body. I'm well aware of that, but. I bought a 34% THC oh, fucking 4.5. It's a, they call it a super eighth. So instead of a 3.5, it's a 4.5. I bought this fucking shit for 50 bucks. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's almost tincture level. I mean, tinctures are like 80, 90, yeah, uh, 90 plus percent. But I mean, dude, if you're sitting there ripping personal bowls of this shit, you're going to get fucking insanely high, dude. And, and, you know, George Soros has a bunch of money in, in medical marijuana. 
And I'm not saying that, 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 you know, it shouldn't be legal. I think, dude, I, I'm all for meth being legal. I'm for all drugs being decriminalized. Because, dude, like, there's not one bone or one cell in my body, if meth is legalized, that I'm going to say, well, shit, let me try some meth. There's nothing in me that wants to try meth because there's nothing to it for. I mean, there's nothing that that's beneficial in my mind with meth. But I mean, dude, if you listen to people like uh, Dr. Hart, um, I forget the guy's first name, but, you know, he supposedly uses heroin every single day. And uh, yeah. it's like yeah. it, he's a black dude with dreads. And I mean, like, supposedly it, it calms him down. Well, there's, there's people that down. microdose mushrooms, you know, there's there's also I mean, and that's the beauty of it. If for certain people, certain drugs work and they can make right. it so their lives can function in a way that works for them. So who is the government to tell them they can't do this if that's how they they choose to do it i mean right if you're an adult you should be able to do whatever drugs you want i feel like yeah as long as you're not hurting anybody else right i mean yeah and especially if you're doing it in your own home get the get out of here you cannot come in and arrest me for something i'm doing in my own house with my own body i mean get out yeah, you're not beating another person. You're not. You're not uh, hurting a, a child. No, we or a used to. Person. We used to be scared shitless when I first bought my condo because I had these real narc neighbors, and when we would smoke, you know, we'd smoke a blunt in the living room and have to, you know, basically fishbowl the the condo because we were afraid if the smoke got out, they were going to call the cops and the cops would come bust us because they'd probably think we were African American and and in that town they loved coming after the black kids. So, uh, it's doesn't just, uh, African Americans sound more racist than black to you? I, I mean, think like, so. Yeah, yeah. it's the PC <laughs> thing, and it's like, and mo- and it's, I, it's funny racist? because most of the people that I, t- you know, most of the the black guys that I talk to, they're like, dude, I'm not fucking African. Like, I'm, I, you know, <laughs> I'm uh, Jamaican, I'm, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's saying black racist now. No, no, I was just giving Matt shit because he said African American. Yeah, I'm but just yeah, no, throwing I, them all out there. I don't know what to say. I just no, you know. I, I, I think it's interesting. Like when you bring up like the African American thing, like if you actually talk to like people that are truly from Africa, they do not want to have anything to do with the black. I'll, I'll call it black culture, urban culture, whatever you want to call it here in America, because it is so far from what it is over in africa where Talking a lot of them... like the gangster shit yep yeah yep. well shit I, like I, that. This, uh, i'll tell you a quick and... little story uh i i sorry to cut you off that's oh, right you good uh, sorry about that you can hand, uh, it, hand it back to him when you're done buckley right well just it was just interesting you said because i uh i used to work in this placement and it was with um it was with teenagers that had criminal backgrounds like They'd basically do a bunch of fucked up shit, get arrested, and then they would come to where I work. And, um, you know, you would see a lot of these, uh, these, well, you'd see black kids that were, um, you know, from the inner cities or what we call inner cities, uh, involved in gangs. And they were immigrants, essentially. um, You know, their parents would come and visit them and they would be straight African, like barely spoke English. And, you know, what it was was like in africa it's very strict the culture is very different you know they do a lot of trading bartering stuff like that um if a kid steps out of line like the parents can fucking just beat the shit out of them if they want to um they they come to the u.s 
and now you know this whole different culture it's all nikes it's all gangs and stuff like that so the kids join gangs they start doing this crazy shit parents can't do anything to really discipline them because all they really know how to do is like you know hit them or something like that if they get into trouble so i just thought that was interesting based off of what you were saying josh and now i'll give it back to you yeah no, yeah, and I've listened to like other people talk about it, like with you are uh, some some YouTubers that I watch, and, and like you you listen to some of them, and, and you and like I was saying, like a lot of people, like when they like when we have, uh, I'm not trying, trying to make this sound as less racist as I possibly can, but when you have like black people here claiming that they're African American. And when they actually go and, and like say that in front of somebody that is truly from Africa, like they they want nothing to do with them. They disown them. Um, and, and it's just it's very it's a very interesting dynamic with that as far as like, like you're saying, it is two very distinct cultures between us here in the U.S. and then what you see over in Africa, because a lot of that is still sort of rooted in that. Um, I don't want to say ancient, but, but it was sort of that, that, that very old school mentality being very Fine. grounded with, with nature and everything. And here in the U S everything is very Nike shoes, very, material, very, very corporatism. Corporate. It's where it's, everything is all marketing. It's Nike. It's, it's Adidas. It's, it's CNN, whatever the case may be. And, and it's just, very interesting and even just here in the u.s just with everybody it just seems like in general we are so far from what our roots and our ancestors used to be that it's it's a shame how much we have sold our souls uh for for simplicity and and just ease of life but that's one of the things that ultimately comes with technology as it grows as well yeah yeah Maybe the I mean, way forward is backwards. <laughs> I mean, do you think that being like uh, Luddites as a nation would be the way to go? You know, uh, you know, kind of shunning technology because, you know, I had this conversation multiple times. You know, I don't know if, um, you know, getting rid of technology is the answer, but it's like, you know, it's it's inevitable. I think when technology technology inevitably makes things easier, we can go back to the aqueduct. And, you know, everything makes things easier when you evolve technology. So is that is that the the answer to not try and make things better? No, I don't think because technology has been used like forever. I mean, if you think about like, say, primitive tribe or whatever, you know, wants to kill an animal, they pick up a rock, they bash its head in or whatever with the rock like that rock becomes a piece of technology. Then the tribe then develops spears or bow and arrows to hunt like that becomes technology. So I think like us as, a, as, as humans, you know, technology is like what drives us forward in a sense. I mean, like y'all have toilets, right? Where does it you, stop? You want to go, you want to go back to shitting in the ground? Well, that's no, I don't what you're supposed so. to do. You're supposed to squat. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying like, there's certain things. It's like squatty body dog. Do you think going back to like that old primitive, primitive stuff is the answer? Um, I feel like we as humans, uh, you know, develop side by side with technology and that drives us forward. I think what we really now, what we really need to start to pay attention to stuff, like obviously like the vaccine, mRNA stuff, whatever the hell's going on with that, this whole stuff with like Neuralink 
uh, is crazy. So I think people need to be more aware of that, especially AI stuff that's coming up because that could just fuck everything over. And I think in some sense it already is with like algorithms and, and bots online and like the whole possible dead internet theory. But I think that like, um, you know, being aware of it is going to help, you know, not drive us into that kind of enslavement of technology that people are really starting to see as becoming a possibility um, right now. I mean, like even just being as simple as like monitoring or really observing the time that you spend watching TV, you know, on your phone, playing video games, which is all stuff I love to do. And I think a lot of people do too. Um, and just being aware of that. I mean, that could be a starting point and just decreasing that overall. Cause that, it really would help so many people with like all these, uh, you know, depression, anxiety and stuff like that. Like, well, uh, that's, monet- that's why they're setting up the metaverse Buckley. So well, yeah, all these I mean, people don't have to do it in reality. They can just go to the metaverse right. and all. Well, let me problems. say, let me say too, dude, you know, with the technology, as you say, Buckley evolving side by side with man, the people that don't adopt the technology are some of the most annoying fucking people that you'll ever have a conversation with because they are so high and mighty and they're like, let go of your ego. Don't, don't use the technology in a, and, and there's, there's, it, it's like a virtue on either side. It's like, dude, I Can got you to give me an fucking, example, Ryan. I mean, just talk with someone that considers himself to be like super spiritual or someone that oh, like okay. considers himself mystic or someone right, that considers right, okay. himself to be like super, super woke. And they're like, no, like, you know, I don't watch news, you know, the news. Why, why would you watch the news? You, that's just sucking your energy out. There's just, there's, I think that all these people, no matter what, dude, I think that most humans are, are pretty shitty, to be honest. I think that everyone takes their their qualities that they find virtuous and they run that into the ground to the point where it's so damn annoying. You know, yeah. someone that's like, hey, I, I just met you, but there's this hike I really want to go on with you. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, <laughs> dude, okay, you're fucking nuts. Well, dude, Let's- I think there's a couple things that, I mean... Look, I don't think spirituality is a bad thing. Obviously, authenticity of spirituality and beliefs is a problem because people like to tend to just cling on to things that possibly sound good or maybe align with their views. And I mean, I feel I have a huge problem with I don't have a huge problem. I strongly disagree with your whole theory that everybody is shitty because I kind of think the opposite way. I do think people do do shitty things. All the time. I mean, have you never done a shitty thing? I've done a shitty thing. I'm sure. Absolutely. I've done have. lots of shitty things. Right. So it's like, I, I feel the kind of the exact op- opposite way. You kind of have to try and look as much as you can. And as much as it might be hard for like those good qualities of people. And also come to realize that like maybe a lot of this stuff that you're seeing is driven by the, the current culture and, and structure yeah. and control of like, everything that we always talk about, you know what I mean? Um, and I guess uh, there was one other thing I wanted to say, but I kind of forget it, what I was going to say. So that's well, about Think it. about what you're saying. And let me ask you this. Just oh, it's like- about ego. Sorry. Sorry to cut you out. That was going to, I was going to say. 
Hey, that you're you're really showing your ego by interrupting there, but that's okay. Go ahead. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, fuck. All right. Yes. So ego. Um, <laughs> I think, like, dude. Obviously, everyone has it. If you, you know, if they just do. Like, everybody has an ego. Yep. But I do think trying to let go, uh, trying to let go of that as much as you can when it comes to like difficult situations or interacting with people um is super important uh, and i'm not saying like you can 100 percent just get rid of your ego but if you can maybe just try to like i know it's difficult but try to like set it aside during certain times or periods that are difficult or whatever interacting with people talking to people about certain things i feel like it can kind of open you up to like more perspective i guess um versus like because ego it's always like you want to like you want to come back at people like if someone does something wrong to you you want to come back at them if someone says something about them you want to come back at them it's like your initial reaction off the time but i i want to have the I, upper hand in any situation right but so i feel like setting that aside can like really can help you grow both like I'm getting into some dumb spiritual shit, Ryan. But can help you grow like more as a person, also like consciously or mentally or just like uh, perspective-wise in a lot of things. Even though it's fucking difficult, it's hard. And like, it's also how societies are destroyed when uh, you know groups like the Native Americans even take them. You know they uh, supposedly tried to you know set their egos aside and try and teach these people that came in uh you know white people i'm one of them right they right. came in and and took over their land and and uh you know they set their egos aside uh, if you want to believe mainstream history um and then you know they lost their fucking land and now they're they're confined to these little areas and i would say you know take the average person out there uh you know run this experiment with you know a million people in the world doesn't matter what part of the world they're at um, offer them $1 million for a random person in the world to get killed. They get killed. This random person gets killed and they get a million dollars. Would that person take it? I think that you're going to find 99% of people would take that deal. Nah, I mean, fuck, I know I that that's fucking wouldn't do that. I would. I, I mean, would. I did. I think that, a lot. That would be, disgust, be disgusting in my opinion. <laughs> and um, I, I think a lot of I people would that that. down to Ryan is like, you know, there's a difference between setting your ego aside and knowing when somebody's taking advantage of you. And like, and I've talked about this before, like getting physically violent. Like, I don't know, I've had to get physically violent before with people. And it's all based off reading the situation and, and knowing when you have to do that. So like, in that time, like you're not setting your ego aside because, you know, you're under attack, you're under uh duress someone is trying to get at you or your friends or whatever and that's when you know there's ego will help drive that i guess if you need to get to that point let me pick it back up for what you're saying buckley because i gotta take off but the one way my buddy put it that stuck with me is that people are most people are operating off of the ego but what we need to do is operate off of the soul but then like you were saying there's a balance you gotta be able like ryan says have the ego when you need to protect yourself and your family but then you got to also be able to operate from the soul when you want to open up to new people and open up to new ideas. Right. And I think that's very important. It's like, you know, it's kind of like the uh, people talk about this all the time, like how like warriors and shit, they're they're oftentimes really good at doing something creative as well as like being a combat 
are a warrior or a killer. The balance. Have that, that this, quote balance. this quote I found, um, a student was talking to his teacher, his martial arts teacher, and he tells him, you teach me about fighting, but you also want me to garden. Why do you do this? And then the teacher re replied something along the lines, it's, it's better to be a warrior who knows how to garden than to be a gardener who doesn't know how to fight. So it's always a balance. You got to have everything a little bit of both sides. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Because I was going to say, Juan, I, I think one of the biggest bullshit things is the whole concept of of the killing your ego and, and ego death. And, you know, I, I, I don't I think, hate that. Yeah, I think it's the biggest <laughs> crock of shit ever because it's just giving up who you are. Ego is a part of you. Now, if it overwhelms you, it consumes you. That's never good. But at the same time, I think if you kill the ego, essentially you're killing your soul. You're killing. Who I agree with are. that. But let me rebuttal with this. What Terrence McKenna said that the only reason the ego is there is to make sure you put the food in your mouth. Right. And so like, yeah, I mean, I just think like, you know, I don't, I, I kind of agree with Ryan and, and Matt, like killing your ego. I don't think that truly exists unless you are like some Buddha that can, find enlightenment but even who even knows if that's actually true and authentic i mean but i do i do think there is a way that you can recognize mentally uh when that ego is coming into play it's like almost like a filter it's right. like same way as like you know if you're talking to somebody right and they and you disagree with them heavily um instead of just being like well fuck you fuck this fuck that blah, i think blah, that's blah, just maturity buckley i mean well no well you, you kind of start to recognize like when you should say things, when you should not say things. I mean, yeah. if that, if you don't agree with that, that's, that's whatever. But I feel like you can kind of do the similar thing where it's like, you can recognize when your ego is coming into play mm -hmm. a lot and it's going to like maybe hinder the experience or interaction or whatever is at hand, I guess. I don't yeah, know. I get it. That's what I think it's a balance. Like sometimes you have to have a little bit more of the ego. Sometimes maybe you have to be a little bit more empathic. It just depends on the situation. And, yeah. and it's based a lot on experience, right? And, and, and past experience. And, you know, it's that test, like, how did it go last time? Okay, well, I can either handle it the same way I did last time, and I'll probably get the same result. Or I can change my approach and possibly get a different result. Right. Dude, the I'm way, yeah. the way, and I know Juan, you got to go. It, it, um, the way that I think that the ego can kind of be like, uh, realized in like a real life you know, application is with, believe it or not, with dogs, dude. I think that, you know, in a dog pack or a wolf pack, and I love talking about dogs any chance I get, um, you know, there's usually an alpha in a pack. Mm -hmm. They tend to usually be a male, right? Um, these alpha male dogs, they have the biggest ego, right? The, if we're going to try and like humanize or put some sort of human quality on these, uh, on these dog packs or wolf packs, the the alpha has the most ego and then you know he's going to eat the the, the, the liver killed, yeah he's going to eat the liver the heart he's going to eat the the prey first he's going to have dibs on whatever he wants and then you know the the weaker species the betas and the the zetas and all these other things they're going <laughs> to eat later right? right um i i think that like you know you can we can learn a lot from that kind of aspect because i think that there's a lot of humans dude um that that are very very weak there's a lot of men that are really weak um there's a lot of women that are really strong um 
dude, I I was watching this thing and I was listening to this thing. And there's this whole podcast beef going on with the L.A. comedy scene where uh, uh, Bobby Kelly and Brendan Schaub are beefing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Brendan Schaub is kind of this alpha male that's not funny at all. Right. And he's a comedian. He's more of an MMA dude. Um, you know, and they're beefing and like, uh, uh, not Brandon Kelly. What the fuck is the guy's name? Bobby Lee. He's, he's, uh, you know, sitting there and he's talking about how traumatized he is from a phone call. You know what I mean? And he's sitting there and he's trying to, to, to tell Brendan Schaub who's fought like badass dudes. Um, you know, he's trying to tell him what he wants in the real world that would never work out. And it made me lose a lot of respect for uh, Bobby Lee. You know what I mean? Even though a lot of people are siding with Bobby Lee here on this whole thing. And it's high school drama bullshit. It's stupid. It's all gay. It's whack. It's so stupid what they're talking about. But, you know, sitting here and listening to Bobby Lee saying that he was sitting there. He's like, I was trembling when I was sitting at this restaurant when when uh, Brian Callen was yelling at him on the phone. And it's like, dude you don't have any room to fucking like argue with anyone at that point. You, you really can't sit there and say that you have a problem with what anyone says, if you're going to tremble from a telephone call. And, and so like to, to tie that into what we're saying here, there are people that are betas and farther down the chain than, than, you know, like the alphas. And I think that there's alphas in society, people that can stand up for their beliefs, both physically and intellectually. And they, you know, I think that those people have place at the top of society, but there also needs to be the proverbial ditch diggers in society. And there needs to be the people that fucking like fall in line, dude. And it, yeah. let me tell you right now, it's not the politicians that are the alphas. If, yeah. if things went back to nature, they would be closer down to the ditch diggers, the proverbial ditch diggers. Like I said, they're, they're you know, I don't know, man, it'd be people like Matt. It'd be people like, I think me. You know, I'm, I'm down to stand up and fight for what I believe in physically or mentally or emotionally or whatever. Um, Matt, I know you would do the same thing. Um, Buckley, I don't know you as well. Uh, you know, I don't know the the other two gentlemen here, Juan and, and Josh. But, you know, I think that that being there and, and willing to fight for what you fucking believe in, I think is very important, man. No, true. Um, and we're losing that. I agree. And it's all education. Look. All men should be strong men who are capable of killing someone if they need to. But like you said, there's betas, sadas. And I think this all comes through education. A lot of kids, like you were saying earlier, through technology, they're kind of pacified. They're weak. They're just playing video games. But if I had to, I, I, I would go kill someone. And if I had to, I can go comfort my daughter if she's crying. And it's, it's a balance. But I, I totally agree with what you're saying. We have weak men. And that's all because of education. If we had like real programs to like, uh, I don't know, in China, they're teaching kids to be more masculine, the boys. Yeah. And here is like the opposite. They're making them turn, their, change their sex. And they're saying you can off. be pregnant if you want to be pregnant. Right. You know what I mean? I'll yeah. that. Your dick off. <laughs> Fuck that. I hate that shit, dude. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, you, do, you definitely see that attack on uh, masculinity. I mean, look at the t- whole toxic masculinity stuff and the hashtag me too stuff. It's like any guy who shows aggression or, um, you know, maybe gets heated is seen as toxic masculinity or shows like a side of that alpha alphaness it's toxic masculinity and then you can also just so easily you know uh put some something in the category of you know being sexually assaultive and then hashtag me to someone 
Um, you know, it's crazy. And I think a lot of, well, obviously a lot of the attack on, on males is org- organized. I mean, the LGBTQ stuff, the whole trying to get people to be trans. Um, but, you know, I think it too, it's like American society doesn't, it's not set up to like where all those primitive tribes and stuff or whatever you want to call it, they have rites of passage where like young men have to go through some feat of strength to and conquer something or whatever you want to call it, like a difficult challenge where they have to exert themselves uh, mentally and physically to become sort of like this man or whatever you want to call it. Um, and like in today's society, like who's, who's, who's really going out and doing stuff like that? I mean, there's definitely some, um, and then there's so many that aren't, you know, they're playing video games as Juan said, or cutting their dicks off. Or <laughs> Ross well, and, and, and why is know, that Buckley? It's or whatever you want to call it. What? It's because Sorry. of poor leadership. You know, you look right. Where are where are you know? First of all, they're breaking up the nuclear family, so the household struggles having you know a solid father figure in the household as well as a mother figure. Um, now you get into you know all sorts of shit with that. Where these kids then they go to school, and I remember when I went to school, teachers didn't want to be your friends. They were there to teach right. you and they were there to discipline you. Now, these teachers just want to be the kids' friends. That's it. They want to fuck the kids. Yeah, it's weird, man. <laughs> it's real weird. And, and you know. Well, dude, I heard that I was talking to somebody who was a sub, uh, that, who's a substitute teacher at the, the high school I went to. Um, and she was saying, like, it, it's just not the same. Like, when I was in high school, it was fucking a madhouse. Like, Kids were running around, getting in fights, doing the craziest shit they could think of. I was like doing the same stuff, skipping class, causing trouble, uh, you know, gang detentions, all this stuff, uh, gang sent to the principal's office all the time. And, uh, you know, she was telling me like, well, now the kids there, there's like none of that. They, they just sit, they all have their own computer. They're all like very like nice to each other. There's none of that like jungle uh, mentality or environment. So I don't know. I at just some of the at some of the high schools now they're making the kids put their phones in these bags like these magnetic bags yeah. so they, they can't use them during the day because I mean most of these kids they'll sit there in class and I mean because I I was uh, coaching teenagers uh, in baseball uh, back a couple years ago and they were like yeah we just sit in class and I got my my cell phone there the whole time I don't listen to, to a word the teacher's saying like and there's nothing yeah. they can do about it. Wow. Well, dude, right. there. I'm sorry. Who's gone? Go for it. Let me just take off. I, I gotta go, guys. Thank you for inviting me. It was an honor, Matt. Thank you. I, I love. Hey, why? Nice just, just let everybody know where they can find you, buddy. Uh, and my Instagram is truth.inmedia, and my podcast is Bricks in the Wall on Spotify. And I, I haven't heard of Buckley's or Josh, but I'm gonna go definitely check y'all's out. Y'all have a good definitely. night. Definitely. Yes, yeah, nice being here, Juan. Thank you for man. coming, brother. Good night, guys. Yeah, I was going to say right now, dude, like, is there anyone here that hasn't been made fun of and that hasn't kind of like helped you out a little bit in your life? I was that guy that should be that in high school as a freshman, you know, like playing sports, you get the shit kicked out of you by the upperclassmen, you know, in the locker room before practice, you got to, you know, what are you, young teenager up against, you know, seniors and they, they do all sorts of shit to you. But you know what? I'm here. You know, like you're it not doesn't dead. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. it wasn't great, but it's not like now these guys would be arrested for that shit because kids would press charges and stuff for, for stupid stuff. And it wasn't like, you know, malicious assault. It was stupid kid pranks, you know, no bruises, nothing like that. Like you, you can't even do the old, you know, Jimmy tap anymore. You do that and you get a sexual assault, <laughs> sexual assault charge. It's like, what the fuck? Oh no, the, the school systems are, are extremely broken. They they they've truly turned into indoctrination camps. Oh, full on, yeah, Josh. Is, is the best is the best way to see it. And I mean, I remember when I was in college back in the early mid two thousands. I remember I was taking a class with a teacher, and it was literally one semester difference where it was a class called ethics for for professions which literally just turned into a conspiracy theory class that went from 30, 30 people down to like 13 on the last day. But I remember um, my girlfriend at the time um, took it the very next semester with the same teacher. And I remember we were sitting there um, and, and it was really, and it was a really weird vibe. So like the first semester when we had very limited people, there was a lot of, there was maybe one or two people that didn't talk, didn't discuss anything. Um, but for the most part, there was a lot of participation, people asking questions, um, people being skeptical and bringing stuff to the conversation. And then fast forwards six months or the next semester, whatever, whatever you want to say. And it was basically teacher was speaking and it was just kids writing stuff down and just that was it. There was no questions, no answers. And I remember, like I said, in a couple of times for the classes, just just because I wanted to, um, and the teacher let me, um, and, and I remember I had a conversation with him, like afterwards, after one of the classes, and he was like, this is really what the school system has become. It's, you are taught at a, at a young age where you don't question you, you are told by, you are told what to believe and what to do. And, and that's from once you get into school, right at kindergarten age, all the way through, it's all about, repeating what you're taught and not being able to critically think or to even push back stuff and i think that's the probably the most detrimental that we're seeing now yeah that's not education like you said before that's indoctrination pure and simple and we're starting to see what happens with that in the real world when these kids are now coming out of that because obviously 10 years ago i don't think it was as big of a deal but we're starting to see it more last five years or so we look at all the various act activists that are coming out all the all the activism and it's people that literally went to school you you can find yourself not find yourself but but when you're coming out literally not learning anything except for what they tell you and what to believe we're seeing that happen in society firsthand obviously we're seeing that in the last two years where it's believe in this mission put up put up a black black page put up a put up the ukrainian flag put up i got the uh, i got the vaccination and we're starting and we're, and we're seeing that slowly and slowly don't don't forget blm take over yep blm like and it's just it's, it's very scary with how easily people can just fall in line and not question the mainstream narrative and then when they do they completely like break down and they can't have a coherent thought and all they can do is just scream and obviously well i think josh 
Josh, videos. Here's, an here's an example. I just had, I saw a tweet of a guy uh, today and they broke it down. And back in uh, 2021, his tone was, you know, enough of this already. Everyone should be forced to get vaccinated. Come today. Now he's like, oh, no, it, it should be my body, my choice. The government should not tell you what to do with your body. Hashtag Roe versus Wade. It's like this same guy now, which is it? You know, you, 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 you have been pulled by both ends of the psyop. And now you look foolish because you've been played. You, what do you do from there? Where's your credibility? And, and I don't know, but like, I, I think that's where like, and I know, obviously I know Buckley, you said you play video games and probably, you, probably some of the other, other guys probably know the term like NPCs. Like, like we're seeing that where people just, when they have something that pushes back against them. And especially if it's, if there is facts to support the claim against them and not emotion, they don't know how to respond. They clam up, they break down. Um, and, and it's, and I, don't, I don't know where we go as a society, like when, when that happens, because these people aren't going to get any better. Um, and, and I know I, for whatever reason, I always think of George Carlin with this when he talks about like the participation trophies and everything and people go throughout their entire life being told that they're a winner, that they're a champ, even though that they, I'm going to make it sound as hard, very, very harsh that they were a complete failure their, their entire life, but they're told you're the greatest. And then they get out of school that they go on to do whatever they want to do. They get that first job. And then Next thing is that their their boss is telling them they're fired because they don't know how to do their job. They can't, um, they're, they're not good at anything. And then it's just, it, they completely break down. And that's sort of the last 20 years is sort of where we have seen that happen as a society. And a lot of that stems within the education system as far as how they're being it's a bad term, but it's how they're being raised because obviously teachers are now calling students their children and not their students anymore. Or again, they're calling them their boyfriends and girlfriends. Yeah. It's very weird. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally, uh, you know, the uh, public education system is very, very corrupt. You know what I mean? And uh, just completely off the fucking rails. What were you going to say? Buckley? Fucked. Yeah, dude. I mean, and and it's not to say that the private school system is any better, but um, you know, I I I don't know whatever happened to like homeschooling. You know what I mean? To like the uh, the early levels, and maybe that would be a uh, it'd be like a big deterrent for this overpopulation that the elites say is going on. You know what I mean? I don't think that there's an overpopulation, but I think that if you had to educate your own kids and you actually had to be a part of their life actively it may dissuade some uh you know less committed parents to you know not have kids you know what i mean well, i'm not saying that like go ahead matt sorry no what's crazy is ryan i think it was either the 80s or the 90s there was a time when they banned homeschooling they it, yeah it, oh, i don't doubt it and be it, under what, fucking you know, the only way you could homeschool your kid is if you went you had certain certifications and such so sure. um you know, that's just a whole nother thing. So, yeah. like Well, now it's saying, allowed, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can homeschool now. 
so i mean and like dude like other other people are real involved with their kids lives i know that you teach baseball you know what i mean and like you're, you're part like you're teaching them other skills you know for your son in particular they're learning other skills that are probably more practical than anything that they're going to learn in school they're learning how to be part of a bigger thing than themselves they're learning how to you know persevere and learning how Work to work with win. other people Right. I mean, yeah, be of, part of something bigger than themselves. That's, that's what I'm saying. And that's the biggest thing these days with the kids is is trying to get that mentality of out of the me mentality, because that's all they know. I mean, they they and what I love about baseball is it's a game where you have to deal with failure. Right. In order to be a success, you have to be able to deal with failure. And a lot of these kids, this is the first time they repeatedly fail. And they have to be able to deal with it. And and that's why you see the numbers fall off significantly in baseball is because. Dude, yeah, it's such a good sport for kids. Mm-hmm. It's the first sport that I did as a kid. You know what I mean? I started in T-ball as a fucking five-year-old. You know what I mean? Which is a disaster, um, then- by the way. Let's not let's not sugarcoat that shit. There is no worse torture than sitting and watching a T-ball game. T-ball sucks for the adults, but it's so fucking good and fun for the kids. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was so good. We skipped it with my kid. I I bribed him to not play T-ball. I'm like, please don't do it. Don't make me do it. (laughs) Well, and it's it's so helpful, I think. And like, you know, you you learn different things. I, um, you know, did T-ball up until majors. Um, so I, you know, I did a, a year of T-ball, two years of mini minors, two years of minors, and then I got to majors. Um, obviously you're still a kid doing that shit. And I hated it after my second year of majors, but I was doing it because I felt like my dad wanted me to do it. So I felt pressure from him. He was one of these really active parents, you know, he was like coaches on the teams and I, I started not liking it, but he wanted me to do something where I felt like I was part of something. Now, uh, he was really smart in realizing that I didn't really want to be a part of any team as a kid, and he got me into motocross, and I started racing motorcycles, dude, and I fucking, I was really good because it was just me and my dad, and all all I had to do was count on one other person that I trusted with my life, you know what I mean? I didn't like counting on these fucking fat kids and these fucking losers that were part of the team in these minors and mini minors and shit that sucked. You know what I mean? I was like, dude, this sucks, man. You know what I mean? Even at that level, I was like, no, I'm not about this. And I was pretty dominant racing. And then, you know, one of my friends passed away and I stopped doing that. And, um, you know, now I'm, I'm podcasting and, you know, it's not as good as racing motorcycles, but, you know, no one's going to die podcasting. Maybe someone might have a heart attack if they're in an intense argument, but that's about it. You know, nothing, nothing crazy is going to happen. I'm calling but, a comeback, Ryan. I know, you know, I don't know where we go. You're going to get back on the motocross. You know, it was so fun, man. It it, it was fun. Um, But yeah, no, I can still probably whip a little motorcycle around. But dude, no, yeah, it's when when a couple people die that, you know, like one one of my best friends died, dude. And I saw it happen. It was fucked up. And I was 12 years old when that happened. I was like, damn, from motocross. Yeah, he uh, he went oh, over a, a jump and he his it kicked his back tire up and he basically landed on his head from like 10 feet in the air. And, you know, the motorcycle drove him into the ground. He fucking died like right there. 
And it was like right before Christmas and his dad was trying to give him CPR there on the track. Like it was fucked up. It was really, really fucked up. Um, And so like my mom didn't want me to do that anymore. And we were trying to find something else I can do. uh, But, you know, nothing, nothing really tops that. So we, here I am now. And I'm just podcasting. It's tough to match the adrenaline rush of sports, man. It really is. Yeah, dude. You can't do it, man. You can't do it. Like a uh, martial art or something. Yeah. I mean, I'm 30. I'm 30. I think I'm 31 now. Yeah, I'm 31. So it's like, yeah, no, it's there's I'm not going to pick up anything. I'll podcast. (laughs) Why not? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, like, I I wouldn't mind fighting, dude. I actually like I would love. I think it'd be so cool, dude, to do a podcast FC like a pfc and like <laughs> there's like a like a, a yearly thing where people can fight in the podcast world i think that would be fun you know what <laughs> we I mean? talking Different. like foxy boxing and mud pits and shit or legitimate fellow wrestling because yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I see off. a lot of limp wrists in this community that that cannot throw a punch yeah, imagine a, a, a mid fighting. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it would it would not be very good. You know, you know, we'll see. You know, uh, I think that there there's some different fighters out there. It would just be fun, and maybe you can fight. You can pit like the uh, the different uh, you know weaker fighters against each other. <laughs> Might be fun. You're starting like a, a a tournament of podcast fighters now. We got we got to. I know that Skankfest does it. Yeah, they Skankfest do, right? does that. Yeah, dude. So, I mean, like, Matt, I'm sure that there's someone you would fight in the podcast world. Hopefully someone that would fight you. I'd fight anyone. I don't care. I'd fight anybody <laughs> in this whole thing. You know what I mean? I'm down, dude. Like, I just think it'd be kind of fun. It would be like a good, like, uh, event. So you go and, like, you do a podcast with the person that you're about to fight. You're talking shit. <laughs> then you go out there and you fight. And then afterwards, you know, who knows what happens. But I don't know, dude. All fun and games do you shit your pants yeah and i'm sure that that would happen with some people <laughs> until you get knocked the fuck out that's what i'm yeah, saying I, so you get I, knocked I out and shit your pants then uh, dude, i've never been knocked out by a human being man i've been knocked out by a truck i've been i fucking wrecked a vehicle and i've gotten knocked out and i've been knocked out like i think like i i figured it was like nine or ten times from a motorcycle but i've never been knocked out by a human being dude ever so I'm I'm welcome I'm welcoming the opportunity. I'm not I don't really think it matters so much. I think brain trauma is brain trauma. So whether it's human inflicted or, you know, <laughs> I've got that. Oh, I know. I we all do at this point. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, yeah I've never I've never been knocked out. I I was close one time when I was boxing. I t- took a uppercut straight up the middle and like dropped to one knee blacked out for like a second but that's like the closest i've ever been yeah yeah dude no it happens man when you get rocked it, it it's weird but you know it's weirder waking up so you know yeah, yeah. That crazy. I, i'll never forget it when i was a kid we were playing football in my front yard and the front yard was you know the out of bounds was of course the street and I made like a diving catch and ended up like my body, my feet stayed in. But when I went down, I landed basically on my head in the street. And mm. I remember getting up and just like throwing the ball and then just saying, where was we? And and then all of a sudden <laughs> I took like three steps and everything just went like 
like a kaleidoscope. And uh, yeah, that was one of many concussions along the way. Yeah, I'm sure I've been concussed. I definitely, as I used to play rugby in like high school and college and stuff. Oh, then you definitely have. Yeah. Yeah. And I I remember waking up like the next day and just having these like terrible like head pains and stuff and sensitivity to light and all that. Um, (laughs) Never got checked out from, but uh, no, it's not. We had a couple. All they're going to do is tell somebody else to watch out for you. That's it. Yeah. And don't fall asleep. Yeah. But uh yeah, unless you're real nauseous the next day, it's not a, a serious concussion. When I got in that car accident, I was nauseous for like 24 hours after. Um, that was bad. Um, that was the worst time that I've ever rang my bell. But like the the, the coolest time was uh, this one. Uh, you know, I was racing. At, there's a track out here called PMP. Anyone in Phoenix, it stood for uh, Pima Motorsports Park in Pima County. And, you know, racing, I was in second place and I was going up to pass the dude in first and we're on 80 CC motorcycles. So like I was, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, five foot, five foot tall, um, young kid. And we're going over this jump and I'm, I'm coming on the inside of this turn. And this dude was jumping right before me. And I was trying to hit him kind of right before we went up. And I ended up hitting my front tire in the middle of his bike and it just fucked me up. And I turned my bike sideways in the middle of the air and then just like straight up landed on my head. And that was like, it was a cool, cool little thing. Um, But it was definitely a a fucked up situation. I woke up like five minutes later and I was sitting in the back of my dad's truck and, uh, you know, just taken home and I was throwing up, you know, it's, it's when you hit your head real hard, you throw up, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. That's it. That's yeah. a given. Yeah. And that's how you can usually tell if you're puking and you're like nauseous, have no appetite. That's usually very good signs of concussion. It means your brain is a little fucked. A little but, scrambled. You know. We like to call it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it never hurts you. It, it has some lingering effects, but Hey, it's called experience these days. That's what we, we like the notches in the belt. That's what it is, dude. All right. <laughs> I think that's a good place to end it. Let's go around and uh, <laughs> plug our stuff. Uh, Josh, where can everybody find your work, buddy? Uh, so you can catch me on just about every major podcast um, uh, station out there. Um, just Illusionary Tales of Reality. Um, you can uh, catch me on Instagram um, there. And then also um, you can... Email, email me and get in contact with me at illusionary tales of reality um, at protonmail.com or protonmail.me. I think they just changed up the domain name uh, just recently. Um, so, yeah. Nice, Excellent. dude. It's great to meet you, man. Yeah. Nice to meet you guys as well. Thanks for coming, man. That was, it was a lot of fun. Great having you here. We'll definitely have you back again for sure. No problem. I definitely appreciate coming on and thank you as well. Excellent. Buckley. Yeah, uh, you can find me on also the major podcast platforms, uh, the Wicked Planet Podcast. Uh, we're on we're on Instagram, Wicked Planet Podcast. Yep. Uh, Wicked Planet Podcast at Gmail. If you want to send us an email. Um, I don't advertise my social media, but if you put your nose to the ground, you could probably find it pretty easily. Um, and yeah, thanks for having me on. I hope that we can do it again sometime because it was a lot of fun. 
Yes, definitely. And we'll see all you guys at the tavern too. You guys got to hit that up. That's a blast over with ghosts there on Friday nights. I love, I love when I got some time just to bop in there and see what kind of characters are over there. It's always a shit show. Oh, yeah. I've popped on there a few times, probably a little more drunk than I should be, but whatever. that's the way you got to go to the tavern <laughs> and, and you show up after like nine 30. That's when, that's when things start getting hairy. And then the last hour is all, it's usually just debauchery. Somebody's passed out or ordering food or something, but just yeah. don't drop any hard R's and you're fine. You know yeah. I mean? <laughs> hard, hard R's or really? hard ends, man. Yeah. Well, the hard, hard R is hard the N word with the hard R. Yes. Again, you know? Yes. <laughs> you say hard Fs? Like what, faggot? <laughs> no, fuck. Oh, that one. Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. I think it's. Yeah, dude. <laughs> um yeah dude no uh this is always so fun and um yeah i i just like meeting new people it's always cool and just seeing what we get into dude so um yeah that's all i got i don't i don't need to plug anything uh matt again dude i really like that shirt and uh you said it's teespring yeah i want to get one is it black ink that's in that little square there too it's it's like a decal type thing yeah it's like a square yeah, I like that a lot. I like that. I think that's like a, it reminds me of the uh I don't know if you remember like in the shit. I so I graduated in 2009 and there was like a big thing where people were wearing, you know, the fitted the the new era hats. Yeah. And it was a black hat with the black baseball logo so like Arizona Diamondbacks or like your hat the Atlanta Braves. It would ha- it'd be a black hat with a black Atlanta A on there. Yeah. And it's just kind of cuz you could still see that Atlanta A but you 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 know what I mean? Like it was black on black. It's just kind of a cool look. So that's a that's a fresh ass shirt. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, I I just started the store over at Teespring, uh, Great Deception Podcast. Go go to my Instagram, Great Deception Podcast, and the link is there. Uh, there'll be link in the show notes. Um, also started a Patreon, which is pretty cool. And I got my first subscriber, Mister Davy Wavy. Thank you very much, sir um oh shit i didn't know you start when did you start that just the other day i think yesterday was the first time I, on my last episode's the first time i pushed it out there and i'm not really doing anything with it yet i just have a couple you know the three five and ten dollar and with the ten dollar tiers where there's any real benefit right now um but as being a patron one of the things i'm going to do is i've been doing some shows with uh some other people that put them behind paywalls and they're like you know Oh, I really only want you to share this behind a paywall. So it'll be a great spot for all the patrons to get that extra stuff, but I won't restrict any of my material, like the great deception podcast, Monday Night masturbators. That's always going to be free um, out there for everybody, but you know, little extra things will be on the Patreon. So we'll figure that out along the way, but uh, yeah, go, go check that out at patreon.com slash great deception podcast. That's all I got for tonight. Anything else, guys? All right. We are out of here. Everyone enjoy. Hey, be good. Stay strong and question everything. Is there a secret history of the United States intentionally hidden by the mainstream media? Could there be a secret society of fat money businessmen whose agenda has been the cause of every major war and economic depression? 
is there a shadowy elite gently pulling the strings of our world to bring about their own self-serving political program? The answers may surprise you. The creation of the Federal Reserve System was about more than just money. Some refer to it as the secret birth of a criminal conspiracy to rob the American middle class of its hard-earned wealth. Others believe it to be part of an attempt to bring the world under the control of a shadowy international elite that calls itself the New World Order.